Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keeping It Real with Dr. Lil. I'm so thankful today that we have our first guest that's coming on to talk about her legal story. We talked about in, a, I think, a trailer I did a few days ago or last week on how we need to come together as a country, as a community, as a brother and sister, being our brother and keeper of our brother and sister, so that we can talk about whatever the issues are that we feel that God is leading us or the universe is leading us to in regard to where we are in our lives. So I wanna welcome you to Keeping It Real with Dr. Lil. My name is Dr. Lillian Coley. I've been called to do certain things and I'm some of the things I've been called to do, I ain't wanna do it. I didn't even ask to do it. But nonetheless, I was called to do it. And as a result, I wanna get in here just real quick. I don't wanna prolong you long to talk about a legal story for one of our beloved uh, persons in our circle. Her name is Lori Nicholson. She has a beautiful story in some regards and a not so beautiful story. And she wants to share her legal story in regard to some things because maybe she can help somebody else see that they're not by themselves. In addition to that, we're going to talk about some solutions on how we can get these circumstances resolved so that the next generations don't need to go through it. So sister, I was going to say sister Lori, but Lori Richardson Nicholson, please come on in. Come on, come on down, come on down, come on down. Thank God for her having the courage to talk today to you all. It's not easy to talk, y'all. Sometimes no, it can be really distressing and we don't want it to make take us to a place in our bodies that we don't want to go. But we know that we need to sometimes express ourselves so that we can, it's therapeutic, we can get it out in a healthy way and also to help somebody else and to help whatever is broken. So Lori Rich Nicholson, I'm glad. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to talk about it. I wanted to hear your legal story because I've been seeing your information a lot on the Facebook. And one of the things you try to do when I first met you, you always try to help other people. But I first want you to tell us where you, I think you're from Erie County. Um, tell us a little bit about you, you know, just a brief, and then go right into how you came about having a legal story. Well, first of all, good afternoon. And Lily, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Lori. I'm from Erie County, Pennsylvania. I possess no criminal record. I was a stay-at-home mom after completing nursing. I have a college background. I, my Biggest dream was to have a huge family. I love children. They're, they were the light of my life. They still are. Um, I got involved. I left a marriage. When I chose to leave the marriage, I did not choose to divorce my children. Unfortunately, I have fought a 16-year court battle. I've been through 11 attorneys hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars, in fact, almost went bankrupt between all the evaluations, the counselors, the GALs, the, you know, it goes on and on with the pocket pal system, but you go in there thinking they're going to finally, finally, I'm going to get help. Finally, my kids will get help. And you keep believing it every time the carrot is dangled in front of your nose and you're paying another five to $10,000 in retainer fees, or you got to pay the GAL, you know, half of a deposit. It just goes on and on. 
So um, when I left in 05, I literally, I mean, at the time I left because of the abuse, the deceit and the lies. Um, it was, we were still communicating, but because of his um, health issues, he was unable to see or visit the children. And I can't really get into that because of HIPAA. Um, so basically he never saw the kids. And if he did, I had to hurry up, drop them off, hurry up and go pick them up because he couldn't handle it. Uh, we had a shared custody order at the time. Um, we did things somewhat amicably, but then it got, it got very messy come 2007 through two sets. 2009, um, extremely contentious, nonstop false allegations, false reports, uh, OCY, animal cruelty. My husband, my current husband lost his job after 30, just nonstop false allegations. Um, so what was, happened? Was there something that happened with the attorneys as a result of you having all of these circumstances that happen, that can happen in any marriage, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. When your circumstances came, how did, why did you need to go through so many attorneys? Um, because either A, they didn't understand the dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, my history was never, the, the abusive history was never allowed to come into play. The HIPAA thing that I'm discussing was never allowed to come into play or be under the spotlight, which was a huge, I think it should have been part of this because we wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, I feel that I switched attorneys. I, I never, they never quit on me. I just needed someone more aggressive. And the first two I had were very, very good. Um, one got sucked up by OCY. She was, she was a gem, but she got taken away. Another one was a criminal attorney. And it just goes on and on. Uh, right. Basically, so, though, I was trying to find somebody more aggressive that was familiar with abuse and stuff like that. So when a, one attorney got taken up by OCY, was that some sort of collusion? No, I don't believe so. No, okay. they were they were definitely looking for a high power, powerful attorney. I got you. So in other words, they got from they got they left and went to another job. Correct. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, there's a lot of great attorneys out there. And we well, have great attorneys working on our team, but you do have some out there that's all about other things other than yes. the law. Or they're connected through the pocket somehow. Right. And, and I system, have found that out. Down the line, I did find that out. There was a Reddit report. There was there was all kinds of stuff that I found out, but I was oblivious. I you know I didn't really come to terms or um, I wasn't well educated enough probably until mm -hmm. I would honestly say 2014 or 15, and I even got more uh, knowledgeable about the pocket house system once I went pro se in 2020. I had no idea, you know, about my docket or any, this was all self-educated. So understandable. So you had so this after the, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, no, during that, the 11 attorneys and the evaluations and the GALs and the, the counselors for the children, a reunification counselor that had no idea what parental alienation was, 
So after all this is said and done, um, zero, absolutely none of the court orders were enforced or upheld. Mm -hmm. um, my children were taken literally one by one, one per year by, mm -hmm. by my co-parent. Um, every time you file for contempt, it's almost like a, a red check against you. They don't want you to go in for contempt. You can follow the order to a T, but the person that violates, there's, there's no accountability. You get a slap on the wrist. I mean, at one point, the judge said to uh, the co-parent that the dog wags the tail, meaning the kids are telling him what to do. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's beyond but um, even when there's willful, blatant, intentional, I mean, it's purely intentional contempt. And even the judge said, my, my pleadings were well-written. They were, they were to the point, but what good did it do me? So um, between the contentions, all this, all this crazy court stuff that happened throughout the years, um, I can tell you that nothing got resolved. All the money spent, nothing mm -hmm. got resolved. All I have is a completely decimated family. I do have a, a little girl, well, she's not a little girl, she'll always be my little girl, but a 15 year old in the house mm -hmm. um, that has basically gone through all of this with me. My husband currently has gone through all of this with me. My daughter is thriving, she's an honor roll student. There's no problems that we have, we have an excellent relationship. Mm -hmm. And after it's all said and done, uh, my last custody trial was July, the day before my birthday of last year. Mm -hmm. I had two dates to pick from the day before or my birthday, ironically. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you that every hearing has been purposely delayed. Up, upwards of six to 12 months. Wow. My, uh, <laughs> my last custody hearing, um, the first piece was in October and I had to wait till the day before my birthday to have the rest of it done. Wow. I'm not kidding. And so of course this further alienates the child. It's not helping this situation. It's further pushing my child away. Um, the judge never gave me a final custody order. I never had a final custody order, and that was so that I could not appeal the corrupt case. Wow. I found out becoming pro se that there had been a five-year stay placed on the docket. I was wow. never informed of this stay. Mm -hmm. I was never able to defend myself in this stay. Mm -hmm. And with this, once I was informed of it, well, discovering it, I placed three motions for clarification to the judge that went mm -hmm. unaddressed and ignored. Mm -hmm. I also asked for a motion. I did a motion to dismiss. That also went unaddressed and ignored. Wow. I didn't get a final order, but in the last court order from the opinion of the July 7th trial, he put that I'm a loving mother. And I mm. questioned that. If I'm a loving mother, why did you keep my children from me for five years? It's no wonder I couldn't find another attorney because they could see that there was a stay, but nobody told me that there was a stay. Right. So they knew that their hands were tied. 
and stays only happen in criminal court. They don't happen in family court. I cannot find another case where a judge has placed a five-year stay on a custody order. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then the judge also wrote in the opinion of July 7th that I will never be made whole. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my co-parent decided July of 20 to relocate to another state. Mm-hmm. I was never informed. Wow. Um, the courts were never informed. And then they did, um, his attorney, it, it was funny, she jumped on the case prior to him leaving, jumped off the case while he got situated in his other state, mm-hmm. and then went and jumped back on the case. Wow. And I couldn't understand that. And it all makes sense now, because that way she would, she would be, she has no ties or liability, or I'm, I'm thinking, maybe I'm wrong. And so even though there's, there's laws, there's state Pennsylvania laws about relocating and, and, the, and what you're supposed to do prior, you know, prior right, to going. For the parent, for the other parent, right. Yeah, the proper procedure. Right. So if I'm not served with papers six months after he's relocated in another state with our children, I'm served at that point a relocation notice. Hmm. After the, the judge, the judge basically said that there was, according to the Pennsylvania laws, that there were uh, no sanctions that he he could have arrested him. He could have brought him back. He could have done a lot of things, but he failed to do that. Right, right. So, I just that's my story. And so let's talk about the legal system because yes. nobody, and I mean nobody, can do anything without. The legal, not the legal system, the the, the justice system. Let me put that part, or judicial system. They can't do anything without a judge's signature. Correct. So there's a lot of things that I have saw, you have seen, that's been in the court system that is absolutely horrible. I mean, horrific. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, the judges. Why would a judge, who took an oath, under the Constitution? to abide by the laws of that state in which this country is built. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our family members, quite a few of mine, and maybe some people you know, fought for those rights in the military. Some Mm -hmm. of them fighting for it now as a police officer, et cetera. You're going to take an oath of office and sign your name to an order you know is not right. You know is uh, an abomination to the law. I think that's the hardest part for people like us, normal people, the pro se, because I feel as a pro se person, I represent the public. And it's a reason why I'm pro se as opposed to not have have an attorney, even though there's many reasons why, but at the end, it's a life work that, that way. It's something, somehow I think for me, it happened for a reason because somehow when you're a pro se, you're a lot more, connected to the case, a lot more sensitive. Obviously, you don't know as much, but you can always use attorneys, good attorneys behind the scenes to look at your stuff, et cetera. But why do you think, what is going on with the courts that will make a judge sign an order that he know is not true? What is it? What can it be? I mean, I can think of a lot of things. 
Well, what do you think? What do you think? I believe that there, there is judicial corruption throughout. It's not just in the state of Pennsylvania. It is not just in the United States. It's global. Where are they getting the money from? Another attorney or from this the child support? Pal, the pocket pal friends. I mean, if you think about it, they love high contentious divorces. That way they can assign a turn, a, another attorney, a GAL, the evaluate. Don't forget about the evaluation. Evaluation. The, the oh, other people that's getting, everybody's making money out of it. Correct. And so of the course judges they, might be getting a kickback? They want it. They want to drag it out. And do I don't know for sure if there's kickback, but it sure appears to me that there's a kickback. Just, I just can't understand why the judge, who's supposed to be an honorable position, somebody that holds the law, we stand up when he come in. All that's for a reason. Because he's respecting the law and we're respecting him. But well, if you're not going to respect... Yeah, there's no how can people have faith in the judicial system when things like this are done to not only me and you, but there's so many families out there. Exactly. There's there's definitely a lack of trust because we've seen the stories. They're horrific. I mean, when I did my parental alienation group, people were coming out of the woodwork with their stories. And some are like you said, I mean, they're they're horrific. Mm. It's heartbreaking. They're horrific. And that right now, your parental alienation is on a pause right now, but you're not going to give up, right? You're going to. It's on hold right now. Right. Yeah. We've, so tell we the have done a lot at, of work with our yeah. state house. Um, in particular, Ryan Bizarro, he has been like the forefront of a lot of this. We've had three state house resolutions passed where everybody in the house signed it. So I just don't know. It's at a stall right now. Right. And like we talked before, animal cruelty laws are passed before human rights laws or, Isn't you know, the safety amazing. of our children. It's amazing. What would you do if you had a magic wand? What would you do to fix the system? How do you feel? I definitely that? think there needs to be transparency within the court system. There has to be. I'm almost wondering if we should have a jury. Juries should be by you know, a trial by jury. Cameras definitely in the courtrooms. I mean, how many times do judges take our children behind closed doors and make a lifelong decision for our kids that they know nothing about? They don't know. Unless a parent has, you know, broken the law or been, if there's like... Horrific, abusive stuff. Right. Otherwise, these parents deserve, and our children deserve, to have 50-50 custody. Right. It makes it much, the children much more healthy and our community. Correct. Correct. But definitely transparency, accountability. Um, I think we need an overall uh, overhaul of it all. I mean, because the more these, these judges that are corrupt are getting away with, I mean, we've seen the stories, especially in Pennsylvania. Right. We've seen the terrible stories. Yeah, with all the things that are happening now, with some stuff being mostly criminal cases where people are being convicted, mm -hmm. uh, and it always got to be out in the open, or like you say, in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. The hope is that the judicial system will continue to get better and not worse. So I know for me and my home and what we're going through, it's almost, you know, um, not rocket scientists that we are going to no. have to do something about it because we can't live this way. The so judges aren't even following the law. 
Exactly. So I don't know what the point is if you're not going to fall on your own law. But I know that people like you and I and so many others will have to continue to stand up for the laws and stand up for what is right. Because one thing about the law, you can't you can't make it go away. Why have it though? Why have why have any laws put in place or our constitution for that matter? Right. Because many parents are being deprived of their basic human rights. Right. And so are our children. And in your state, you're supposed to be able to go to a civil rights office or somewhere to talk about what's happening to you in the court. And as I shared my finding a civil rights attorney here. Yeah. So in our state, we can actually go to the civil rights office if we feel that we it's supposed to be one in the judicial system. Nonetheless, they are just been ignoring our stuff. We've had our stuff out there asking for help to get our judicial system in-house civil rights to Mm -hmm. look at how we're being treated because every person in each state has their rights. So we know that even for the state of of Pennsylvania, as well as others, there are legislators and people we have to stay in contact with, with, you know, using the best energy and the best, uh, you know, continuity we can, because we can't, you know, do it every day, but we got to do our best to stay with whatever target we have our eye on. Mm-hmm. and keep ourselves moving in that direction. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience about the overall situation that you think what might be empowering, might be useful? I and just want, to- I want parents, if anybody out there is going through a similar situation, which we know there's hundreds upon hundreds of families, mm-hmm. just let them know that they're not alone. They are definitely not alone. I possess no criminal record. I'm sure half of these parents don't. All we were, were, we were targeted. And I can come to the realization of that now. Unfortunately, it costs our children. It it costs our children. And I've learned a very valuable lesson and I want to keep fighting and I want everybody else there to, out there to voice. You have to voice it. If you stay, remain quiet about it, there will be no change. We need to change it for the better. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Keeping It Real with Dr. Lil. We're going to have you back over and over again, especially when we get the parental alienation. I really believe that's going to come through. And I know it's been a, um, a challenge and staggering time. But I think that as we all work together and the organizations we're connected to, and even trying to come up with our own uh, over, uh, oversight committee worldwide, because it's a worldwide program yes, problem. Um, but we definitely did have to deal with the United States. But I got something yesterday from a guy in England. So I just know that, I mean, it's really, it's just so embarrassing sometimes when you think about what's happening around the world. We're thinking like, why are we doing what we're doing? It just seems like things are fading right before our eyes. But mm-hmm. I want to be a problem solver. I know you want to be a problem solver. But I thank you so, so much for coming on, sharing your story. I pray that everything will continue to go the way it's supposed to go which is great for you. I know sometimes some of the blockages and doors are not great, but I'm just going to trust that God's going to, he's going to keep you. And as you continue to move forward to do what the best you can do one day at a time, not being distressed, just trying to move it forward, knowing that the universe and that God is going to take care of you because when you're right, the the truth speaks for itself. And even when there's some kind of disagreements, We should, as adults, be able to come together. But we thank God for you coming on talking. We know you're going to help a lot of people. 
And we know that you're going to get that parental alienation. I see it because I know the first time I saw it, I said, that's it. So it starts with something. And we know sometimes things get delayed, but they're not denied. So thank Correct. you so much. We got Sister Thank you, Lori. Lily, so much for having me on. Thank you. So Sister Lori, I keep saying sister. This is the church. That's group. okay. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. <laughs> um, so um, Lori Nicholson from Erie County. We thank God for her. And we want you to be encouraged because your story can be her story. This is Lori's legal story. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.